as a Democrat, running against an incumbent Democrat, and by the way, I accidentally said in my transition from the radical Republicans that she was running against a radical Republican. <laughs> She's running against Kurt Schrader, who some might see as a Republican because he's a very conservative Democrat who even voted against the $2,000 stimulus check uh, back in 2021, who uh, had said he might not vote for Build Back Better, uh, who has often voted with the Republicans and uh, is certainly not somebody who's standing up for progressives. And Jamie McLeod Skinner is running against him in a primary in a newly created district, the 5th Congressional District in Oregon, and uh, she joins me to talk all about it. She's an attorney, an emergency recovery specialist, a business owner, and uh, is openly lesbian, sits on the Oregon uh, Watershed Enhancement Board, and is an elected member of the Jefferson County Education Service District Board. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much. And just to say, it's uh, an easy mistake to make about Kurt Schrader. A lot of people <laughs> here in Oregon, they also say, wait a minute, isn't he a Republican? And so, uh, yeah, you're in. <laughs> that was a, a funny one. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, 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 I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't be apologizing to you for accidentally calling him a, a Republican. But anyway, uh, congratulations on running. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself and and why you've decided to make a run for Congress. Yeah, sure. And uh, first of all, thanks for the opportunity to, to be here. I got a little bit early and heard some of your speakers. And, and part of the reason why I'm running is, is exactly some of the reasons they were talking about in education and, and our democracy being in crisis. So I'll circle back to that. But really appreciate, appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation. So, you know, we, we stand on the shoulders that those have gone before us. And, and a big um, hero or shero in my mind is my mom. And, uh, you know, I learned so much from her. She used to, she's a retired teacher and she used to get up early in the morning to drive a school bus. She'd teach all day. She'd drive a school bus home. And in the summers, she would pick fruit in the orchards to put food on her table. Um, that's the, that's the, you know, her folks were factory workers. And so really understanding what it's like to make those tough decisions around the kitchen table is, is the, the cloth I was cut from. Um, I, so I believe very strongly in service. Uh, when I, Got my uh, engineering and my planning degree. I wanted to serve the, the war in Bosnia had just ended, but uh, because I was out, I'd come out as a young adult. Uh, military option was <laughs> military was not an option back in the day for uh, those of us who were out. So I worked for a humanitarian organization over uh, in Bosnia and Kosovo, managing the reconstruction of schools and hospitals. Um, came back to the states and uh, did a bunch of different things. Served in office, uh, worked with refugees, worked in local government. Um, and most recently have been working on wildfire preparedness and then also recovery. Last year, I was down in Southern Oregon helping a city that had lost a third of its homes to wildfire get back on its feet. Um, most recently working on issues like affordable housing and drought. And so that really goes to the why piece. Um, you know, the, the bottom line across party affiliation, folks, you know, we want to put a roof over our head and food on our table and want opportunities for our kids. We want our families to have access to health care and not have it make us go bankrupt um, and want, you know, our our basic rights to our, our bodies, our identity, um, you know, rights to to uh, reproductive rights. And and we're in a time of crisis. Our climate's in crisis. Our democracy's in crisis. And a lot of our families are in crisis right now. Um, and so it's it's a matter of not getting 
uh, frustrated or feeling hopeless about it, but rolling up our sleeves and getting things done. Um, I'm in this newly drawn district. I'm the best match for values. I'm the best match for Oregonians, but also the best position to win this district in the general election. Um, and so that's that's why I'm running. And, and I'm really excited about this opportunity. Yes. And, and you know, we talked about uh, Kurt Schrader and some of his votes, uh, which have mirrored some of the contributions he's received, like uh, from pharmaceutical companies and then uh, voting against uh, prescription drug plans that would help people uh, and, and really kind of just uh, the people in the House among the Democrats who were always con you know, described as the moderates, I felt like what they really have been during the Biden administration have been the obstructionists. Uh, they yeah. haven't allowed the Democrats to move forward with their agenda. And then you just go back and look at where the money comes from. So talk a little bit about that. Well, that's really important uh, for me because I was first elected in 2004 and I've never accepted corporate PAC money because I believe in accountability. And, um, you know, and, and there is uh, you see it all the time. Folks who take some of this big money, they then their votes follow. And so he's a guy who comes from um, he's a, a big pharma error. He gets a lot of big pharma money. He gets fossil fuel money. And he actually the Koch brothers also well Koch Industries now max out on him. He's one of the three Democrats uh, <laughs> who uh, in the House who they max out on. And and his votes follow that. Um, so, you know, you mentioned the Medicare vote, voting against Medicare, being able to uh, negotiate prescription drug prices. He initially opposed the American Rescue Plan, which, of course, was a crucial uh, support uh, relief bill for pa the pandemic and um, vaccines and cutting child poverty. Um, his big thing was making sure that um, that that the relief checks were cut. I mean, he's voted against min uh, raising the minimum wage. He's voted against uh, student debt relief. Um, he's the only House uh, Dem Democrat to vote against emergency housing protections. So, you know, just in this really challenging time, people being thrown in their homes, uh, he's voted against the PRO Act twice. And that that was a, an act that expands and protects collective bargaining mm -hmm. rights for members of unions. Um, he's gutted programs out of infrastructure, the infrastructure mill build back better. And so all of those things. And and to your point, uh, he you know he talks about being a moderate. But the fact of the matter is. We are in a time of crisis. And when you're in a time of crisis, not addressing it, it doesn't make you a moderate. It makes you ineffective. Uh, and we need someone who's going to be effective for folks, for Oregonians and really for all Americans and getting things done in Washington. And, and you noted his alternative bipartisan infrastructure bill, uh, which removed jobs and funding for schools, child care, um, debt free community college, clean energy. Uh, it, it, it really underscores, um, how he was among those people who were obstructing getting, um, the president's agenda done. And that's what we need to happen, uh, moving forward, uh, get people into Congress who are going to help get this agenda done that is enormously popular with the American people. That's right. Um, and, and it's, you know, even this, look, this cuts beyond political party lines. People are hurting right now. Our, our planet's in crisis, our democracy's in crisis. We just need to step up and take care of folks. And so, yes, it's going to hurt Democrats in the general, uh, whether that was his intent or whether, you know, he was just, um, you know, responding to, to the money that he gets. Who knows? But um, this is this is work that needs to get done. And we saw what happened to the Virginia governor's race last year. Uh, there, there are impacts that are starting to uh, that, that Democrats and, and progressives are feeling from not being able to move things forward. 
um, you know, he's, he is, uh, I'll say, accuse me, quote unquote, accuse me to running to his left. I proudly am running to his left. But the fact of the matter is he has gone so far to the right. That running mm-hmm. to his left simply means you're a Democrat. <laughs> right. And, and, uh, running with the values of the American people, the majority of American That's people. That's right. Um, I want to tell everybody that, uh, they can go and check you out and help out, uh, at jamiefororegon.com, J-A-M-I-E for Oregon.com, F-O-R, uh, Oregon.com, and also at, on Twitter at Jamie for Oregon. Tell us a bit about the new 5th Congressional District. The map was redrawn, and now um, a lot of people are talking about it being very vulnerable for Kurt Schrader. Talk a little bit about what happened with the map and why it doesn't look so good for him and why you have a real shot. Sure. So uh, Oregon used to have five congressional districts, and then with the census, we got another congressional district, so a sixth. And so that uh, we got the six and then a lot of the lines were dramatically redrawn. His district, his old district, used to run from just south of the Portland metro area over east west to the coast. It now goes north south. It goes extends a little bit into Portland and then uh, heads south through what we call the Willamette Valley and then over the Cascade Mountain range into central Oregon. Now, there's there's two things with that. One is. The, the county that in Central Oregon that's included now uh, within the newly drawn 5th Congressional District is uh, about a third of the voters are in Central Oregon and in a county where I've won every time I've been on the ballot uh, in that county. So in 2018, I ran um, a, an uphill climb uh, race against uh, when we had the old lines drawn uh, against Greg Walden um, in, in 2018 in the last midterm. And we actually had the largest voter swing of any congressional race in the entire country that year. But it was such a huge um, advantage to to the, the Republican that we we fell short. But we also built up a real strong base in a big chunk of what's now the newly drawn fifth. Um, in contrast, uh, Kurt Schrader actually underperforms. And this new district is act- is is very close. It's going to be a swing district and targeted in November. And. If he would have run in a district this close, even in his last race in 2020, he would have lost. Uh, had I won in a, a, a district this close in 2018, I would have I would have won by 11 percentage points. Um, so having making sure we have someone who can step in, uh, in and is known and has relationships in the district is really important. Um, I've also been getting great endorsements, local, state and federal endorsements, including people who used to endorse Kurt and uh, Schrader and are now endorsing me. And for a lot of Democrats in Oregon, there's been a long, it's been a long time coming. They've been looking to, they've been frustrated with him for a long time, looking to replace him. And the newly drawn district really gives us an opportunity to do that. And then the relationships I have within the district and especially in central Oregon uh, with voters working on the issues I've been working on really resonating with voters. As you were describing the district, it brought me back because I had spent, Sometime years ago, many years ago, uh, in Portland and areas around it, and I just love it up there. And it, it's such a, uh, an obviously a beautiful place, but with people who really are very involved in the community. And Oregon's really been at the forefront uh, on many progressive issues, and certainly Portland has, and on LGBT rights, and of course, um, a governor who is uh, openly bisexual, Kate Brown. We, we had her on the program a few times. Uh, you're uh, openly lesbian. You've served openly in the community. Talk about representation, especially now 
and we're seeing all of these attacks across the country on marginalized communities. And and when I was back in Oregon, it was there were attacks there uh, by um, the Oregon Citizens Alliance. I'm sure that rings a bell, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and 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 um, you know, people in Oregon really fought, and now we're fighting all across the country. Talk about that issue and why it's important. Well, you know, uh, diversity and equity and inclusion are really important. Making sure we're being more responsive to our BIPOC communities. When we talk about, um, you know protecting and improving our democracy. It's really making it uh, accountable to all of us. And there've been folks that we know have been left behind in the past. So it's really trying to expand that. One of the challenges we've seen both here in Oregon and really across the country is this urban rural divide. And often there's been a perception that um, we're divided strictly amongst political lines uh, uh, within this urban rural divide. Well, my wife and I live in rural part of central Oregon. Um, and we've got neighbors who are very conservative, uh, but we work to get along and um, and we've got some good relation, really great relationships with our neighbors. And one of the things that I was really um, successful in doing in 2018 was traveling throughout the most conservative parts, most rural parts of our state. The old district where I ran was is the seventh largest congressional district in the country. It's uh, or was at, before it was redrawn. It was two thirds of the state. Um, and I drove 45,000 miles across the state. That's the equivalent of 15 times cross country just to show up and connect with folks and listen and hear stories. And, and that face to face, which is now limited during this time of COVID, but, but that, that in person, those connections really, um, really built relationships. And, you know, I, that's when I also developed my understanding that all of these issues, um, these bread and butter issues, these kitchen table issues, really go beyond party affiliation. I do think that Democrats have not been successful and have dropped the ball on effectively communicating with and reaching out, connecting with rural voters. And that's something I really want to kind of bring to the team in Washington, D.C., are the uh, the contacts and the success I've had in what's sometimes called purple areas um, and really connecting with folks and, and you know, the way I do that is usually stay away from buzzwords and just focus on the basics and focus on the challenges and engage people and talk about how we can solve the problems we're all facing. Well, and, and it, it gets to an issue the way you were describing meeting people that we see time and again. People think they don't know somebody who is LGBTQ and yeah. they have, you know, preconceived notions. And one of the most important things is just being there and speaking to people and them realizing Oh, well, this isn't what I thought. And, you know, she's pretty, uh, you know, good on the issues and focused on the community. And it, it connects that bond rather than keeping that separation. Talk about what what you've uh, experienced running so far uh, and the people you've engaged in on issues in the district. Well, and, and that's right. And actually, just to follow up on a story um, this happened a couple of years ago. But to your point about that, that those connections. I recall being in a very conservative part of the state and a, a gentleman coming up and introducing himself as a conservative Republican. And and again, this is pre-COVID. So he reached out, he walked up to me and, and reached out and shook my hand. And he said, look, I just want to thank you for running us out. He said, because my my son's gay and, and it's about time. Um, I also had someone who uh, those of you who followed the the um, the Malheur uh uh, takeover that we had. The, um, this is a couple of years ago in Oregon. It was a really scary time. And someone had reached out to me and was talking to me about that. We had this really intense conversation around land use. And at the end of it, he paused for a long time. He said, can I ask you something else? 
And I said, sure. And he said, so he, he's got, he'd been talking politics and land jobs. After this long pause, he said, my son just told me he's gay. What should I do? Mm. And, and it was a really powerful moment. You know, I'm, I'm in this campaign mode. I'm in, 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 um, candidate mode. And, but that's when you really, you, you humanize. And, and I, I, I asked him, I said, do you love your son? And he said, of course I do. And I said, well, tell him, start there. And it, it was actually a real emotional moment. I mean, I've been in places where especially young uh, LGBTQ folks would come up to me just out of the blue and hug me and just, um, that sense of showing up and being out and being, being present. Uh, I've had a lot of people say that it, it helped them to feel safe in, in their communities because there was a sense of someone was being out. So I think that piece of, of showing up and, and, um, and representing and, and to your point of showing we're, you know, we're here as public servants trying to do a good job for our entire communities. Um, that it has an impact. It has an impact on making our communities a better place and and helping to expand people's minds and, and bring people out of uh, the prejudice they, they may have been taught growing up. Mm. And, and, uh, and yeah. I'm sorry, go on. Well, I was just going to say in terms of around the district, we've just been getting a, a great response. I mean, at this point, a lot of folks know I'm out. And, and so it's just, um, it's kind of fun because people that are just able to jump into the, you know, how do we handle drought situation and how do we handle wildfires? And so uh, I think a, a real key piece that, that I bring to the conversation that I think is really important for DC is, is what does it look like on the ground and how do you create solutions on the ground? And people have been really resonating with that as well, because it's important to, to create good policy and allocate resources, but you also have to understand how it gets implemented on the ground to really have the impact you want to have. Absolutely. And, and certainly when it comes to issues like climate change, which I mean, you're uh, at, at ground zero there in terms of what's happening uh, in this country, uh, uh, there are many ground zeros, but you are certainly yeah. at one of them. Uh, and, and, uh, certainly people listening, I know, want to see a progressive Democrat in the House, uh, from this new district. So I want to again tell everybody, uh, Jamie for Oregon.com, J-A-M-I-E-F-O-R, Oregon.com, and on Twitter at Jamie for Oregon. Uh, Jamie McLeod Skinner, it's been so great to have you on the program. Thanks so much for coming on today. Thanks so much for the opportunity, and, and thanks for um, thanks for all the work you've done. I know from uh, looking back, you, you've helped to create a voice and a vision for our LGBTQ community, but also for Americans to be proud of the sense of vision of where we can go. And so, thank you so much for doing that. Oh, well, thank that you. Thank you very much for saying that. I do appreciate it. And, and again, I look forward to speaking to you uh, again on the program. Good luck with everything. Thanks so much. Take care. Jamie McLeod Skinner, again, jamiefororegon.com and at jamiefororegon on Twitter. We are back in a few minutes. This is the Michelangelo Senior Ellie Show. 